Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. But I want to take the chance again just to reflect on the fact that uh, this church's name is Bridge City, and our job and what we're called to do here is to build bridges. And we've talked about this many times. We can build walls, that's easy to do. Easy to do, but we, we're here to build bridges, and that costs um, time, money, and our investment. But the investment is worth it, so please be encouraged to continue to reflect on the fact that we are here to build bridges. Um, I better pray, I think. Father God, again, I'm so thankful to be a part of your story. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to start this morning by reading an excerpt of Scripture. That's a radical thing to do, isn't it? But um, it, I found over the years that the word speaks, that it's a real balm for, for my spirit as I do that. I can... Reflect on my opinions and my ideas, but this, the word will speak to you clearly and more uh, succinctly than what I can ever do. So I do want to take this chart. I'm going to read um, out of Isaiah 61, that great part of the scripture where Jesus uh, shared with us in Luke about his the person, about his journey, about what he was here to do. So yes, yeah, reading from Isaiah 61. I'm going to read the entire chapter, which is 11 verses, and it's going to take us three minutes. But stay with me. That's why I thought we'd start early while you're still fresh. <laughs> the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. <clears throat> For the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give you a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair in their righteousness. They will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants, and they will feed your flocks and plough your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonour, you will enjoy a double share of honour. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognised and honoured amongst the nations. Everyone will realise that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. And that's, that's the verse I want to focus on this morning as we spend time together. I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me with the robe of righteousness. 
I am like a bridegroom dressed for this wedding, his wedding, or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Isaiah 61. As I said before, I really want to take this chance. I want to read the entire scripture and reflect on that because Jesus used that as his wow moment to allow us in, in that to, to reveal himself to the people back in Luke. But today I want to focus on that one verse I spoke about and repeated is verse 10. And I wanted to ask this question simply is what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Um, it's a question that gets asked all the time. Phone calls, a function's coming up, what are you going to wear? Does smart casual really mean smart casual? Semi-formal, what does that mean? Do it mean I wear my heavy arnas instead of my double pluggers? Is that, what's the difference? Probably that's what it is for me, I choose my better thongs. <laughs> or even over bare feet, oftentimes I have been guilty of turning up and Janelle saw me the other week down at Coles in bare feet, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> on the red carpet, the question is, what are, they, what are you wearing? What, what label are you wearing at that point as people walk down the red carpet at the Academy Awards and the Logies? Um, and the reality is that we all, we all uh, want to put our best foot, best foot forward. We use our clothing, we use our clothing to, to cover up, uh, to make the best of the features that we've been blessed with. To connect with people, to connect with certain groups. We, we, we wear clothes that connect us in with people, like with our community. Um, to protect ourselves and sometimes to draw attention to ourselves. We like to, like to show off. Clothes make us the men. Now we've all been in the room, especially if we're married, where the spouse asks you the hard question. Does this look alright? Do these go together? Which one should I choose? Oh my goodness. I've, I've tried to double guess and triple guess. I can't get it right. I always get it wrong. Anyway. <laughs> Do I look fat? If, if your wife asks you that, just stay still and try and slowly back out of the room. All right? don't, <laughs> don't, don't go there. Yeah, did. What are we wearing? What are we wearing? It's usually the opposite for me. I don't particularly care what I wear, I pick, I find a piece of clothing that I like and I'll continue to wear it until Barb says, no, you cannot wear that outside again. Anyway. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, act like our clothing is a really important part of our lives, it's a part of what we do. Um, so much space of the shopping strips and the places we go to are taken up by clothing stores, aren't they, what we wear. We have wardrobes that are full of clothes. I've got two wardrobes, one in Murray Bridge and one in Pinaroo, and they're both full of clothes. And it's a continuing issue. Changes in fashion, changes in style, what's in now is out next. Um, one thing we would happy to be wearing right now, we wouldn't be caught dead in next season, whenever that happens to come. I found the trick is to wait that out, just to stay with the clothes you've got and wait, and eventually it all comes back into fashion again. But the reality is that it's actually possible for a person to stare into an overflowing closet or wardrobe and say, I haven't got a thing to wear. Carolyn's nodding. 
I haven't got a thing to wear. And I, and we, wouldn't it be good if we could just agree to all just dress the same? Let's choose the wig. We could choose like, be like the Wiggles and just decide we're going to wear a... You could choose your own skivvy colour, but wear a skivvy every day. No stress in the morning. What am I going to wear? I'm going to wear a skivvy. Wash day with the, would be really easy, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have to worry about separating the colours from the others. It'd be good one colour. Let's just do it that way. And people wouldn't be in a position to be able to critique what you're wearing because we would all be wearing the same outfit. Amazing. It would solve a lot of problems. But it doesn't work, does it? That's not the way the world works. Chairman Mao, we talked about China, Bob, with your Chairman Mao tried that. He, he um, set up a uniform for the people to wear. And the moment they, people could get to go back to what they were doing, to expressing their personal, uh, personal likes and dislikes and clothing, what did they do? They went back to doing that. It didn't work. It didn't allow them to do that. People went back to what they wanted to do. So what conclusions can we draw from asking ourselves that question, what are you wearing? It's obviously more than that, more than what we've talked about. It's more about practical protection from the elements. It's more about simply a way of protecting our modesty. It's about beginning to establish our identity. I think I really believe it's part of how we establish our identity. We use it to accentuate our best features, as I said, downplays those things we're not so proud of to create a better image. Yeah. So why do we feel a necessity to improve our image? Is there something wrong? Is there a nagging doubt in our mind suggesting that maybe we aren't enough? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a picture, it's a, it's a natural picture of a, a spiritual condition. People are dissatisfied with the identity that they find themselves in. They, they have that nagging doubt, that nagging suspicion that there is something more. There is something more to pursue in that deeper and central spiritual truth. And we're not the first generation to become preoccupied with clothing at any point, at any, any stage. We can trace ourselves right back to the very start, Adam and Eve. They were made in the image of God, image of God sorry, but when they stumbled, when they fell, when they sinned, that perfect image was stained was was damaged and the first thing they tried to do was to fix it themselves as Barb said they began to strive to fix that situation in their own strength they made clothes for themselves out of fig leaves how long do leaves last not very long do they not very long (laughs) yeah so the embarrassment the shame they felt did not as a result of their outward appearance but it was actually a deep stain on their soul it was actually that, 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 that pain and that stain of sin that was on them which couldn't be covered up by mere fig leaves same way a new outcome can make us feel good for a time but shortly after those same feelings of inadequacy can bubble back to the surface We're right to think we need some sort of clothing to fix our broken image. We are wrong to think that we can go to the shopping centre and buy that clothing. We can't do that. So going back to Adam and Eve, how does God respond to their efforts? We see God in his compassion 
covering Adam and Eve with the animal skins. He killed those animals. The great picture there of the significance of something having to die in order to cover our sins. But even that didn't last. That wasn't a permanent um, um, solution to the problem they faced. Again, that was a picture of the law which provided covering for a moment, for a season, but was never the ultimate solution that God had in place for his people. We need something better. We need something that will address that broken image that's deep in our souls. And that's exactly what that text in Isaiah says. It says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride in her jewels. Isaiah's pretty excited about these clothes, isn't he? He's pretty excited about the prospect of these clothes. And fair enough, because those, those clothes are the only solution for the situation we find ourselves, the problem we're in. Just as Adam and Eve, sin caused them to react and cover up, that's what troubles us. That sense of disconnection. But the one who created us is ready to fix us. That's the great picture there. It says there, he gives us garments of salvation. He gives us the robes of righteousness. He covers and forgives the sin in our souls and makes us sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's awesome. And we understand that, that wonderful redemptive garment was sewn together by the life and death of Jesus and his resurrection as Barb shared so beautifully around communion. How do we access that garment for ourselves? In Paul's letter to Galatians, he reminds us that it is the completed work of Jesus. He says, I um, don't think I've got a slide for this one. No, no, I do. He says, let me put this another way. Law was our guardian until Christ came. He protected us until he could make it right, make, make, could be made right with God's true faith. And now that way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And this is a scripture. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you alone are one in Christ Jesus. One in Christ Jesus. Faith saves us. That picture of baptism, we're immersion people. We immerse people when we baptise them. That same word can be construed as of uh, dyeing a garment. When they dye a garment, they immerse it and it comes out a different garment, a different colour. Yeah. Like putting on new clothes, back to Galatians. If you're ever going to pick up any piece of clothing, that is the one to pick up. Because it's the only thing that can truly give us peace that, peace that we're looking for through the forgiveness of our sins. And God can welcome us into our family. I love this, that, that again on that same verse it says, He has dressed me. So, how long has, any, has it been since someone has dressed you? Been a while. But I just got this picture of a little baby. We got a little baby this morning in church of those moments when you, when you tenderly and carefully dress that baby. Take, the baby's willing to be a part of it, but sometimes, not always. But that picture of a helpless baby being dressed by its parent. He has dressed me. He has draped me in his righteousness. I love the word draped. It just rolls up. Draped. What a beautiful word. 
it's again, for me, and I'm a pictures person, you know that, it's a picture of extravagance and of being almost over the top in what, what happens there. Um, not just barely covered, but lavishly hidden. We're lavishly hidden in Christ. Scripture tells us we are hidden in Christ Jesus. We are lavishly hidden in that place. Have you ever been to a wedding and seen the wedding painter and thought, who are these people? You know, they, you've, seen them, you've seen them all through your life, got to this point, and the wedding day comes, and they are just almost unrecognisable because of the, the way that they're, pre- they're presented. Have you, have you had that experience? Yes, there's a few nods. Same picture. They're lavishly, in that lavish garments, they're almost unrecognisable. When we go and we put on Christ and we wear the robe, we wear Jesus when we present ourselves to our Heavenly Father and we say, how do I look? What does he say to us? He says, you look perfect, my son. You look beautiful, my daughter. Not because of our own self-righteousness, because of the fact that he has lavishly wrapped us in those garments of righteousness. And also, I think they can also agree there's almost a, 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 a degree of confidence that comes when you feel like you're dressed well. Who knows that at the moment? You can, there's an old saying, you can never be overdressed when you go somewhere. I try and exceed to that most times, but it doesn't always work. But you can never be overdressed when you go somewhere. And I think that's really important. We can be confident in the, in the garment we wear. In Galatians 6.4 it says, But God forgive... This is out of the New King James Version. Good old school, babe. Bible, it says, but God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified for me and I to the world. God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. For in Christ Jesus you have the complete approval of the one who holds the entire universe in his hands. In that. Remember the text again. I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me draped me in a robe of righteousness. So I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The garment of salvation is the good news that God does not count our sins against us. Forever changed. When we put this article of clothing on, it really can change the way we feel about ourselves. And we know that when we put clothes on, we can change the way we feel about ourselves. And this is what that garment does for us. In Corinthians, it tells us that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. It never goes out of style, because the only garment of clothing that can truly cover that, that, that sense of, of disconnection that we spoke about earlier. Those deep-seated inadequacies which we all carry. Our broken images healed, that picture of Adam and Eve with that broken image, healed through faith in Christ Jesus. And it can and does affect the way that we live our lives and respond to others on the journey. But we have to put the garment on. We have to put the garment on. I encourage you that this morning. If we go to Matthew 22, we can read that Jesus shared the parable of the wedding feast when he invited people to come to the, to the wedding, or talked about the, the king inviting the people to come to the wedding feast. They didn't come. He invited people to come from the byways and highways, and they came. But then there was the man who came and was in 
the banquet but didn't have his clothes didn't have his wedding clothes on he ended up being hunted out I'll read that little bit of scripture. It says, But when the king came to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, How is it you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. And he was out the door. He was out the door. Yeah. I guess for me, it's a sobering picture of what can happen. We can actually hang around and be in all the right places and do all the right things, yet still not be clothed in Jesus Christ. But I've talked about striving. We can rely on our own resources and abilities and possibly look the part to most people, but still not be clothed in salvation and covered by the robe which makes us right in the sight of God. That's the first thing. And I'm also challenged by the fact that the statement that the man had no reply... He knew. He had no reply. He had no excuse. He knew that he should have had that robe on. It's also interesting that the only only the host, it is only the host that challenges the man. It's only the host that challenges the man, not the fellow guests. It's not our job to judge. It's not our job to make an assessment about where people's lives are at, but only God can be our judge. So today we can choose to hang around the body of Christ with the wrong clothes, with our own set of covering, protecting ourselves, trying to create an image of what we want to portray. portray. Or that we can celebrate the fact that we are indeed clothed in Jesus Christ and we have the robes of righteousness on us and we are free to expose our weaknesses to others, to be vulnerable, to weep with those who weep, to laugh with those who laugh, to be, uh, to be genuine in our relationship with people that stand with we can sow in tears and reap the joy that comes from that. And that's just our own tears. We can sow tears into other people's lives and reap the joy of them in our community, in our community of faith, having a victory in that situation. When we stand together, particularly those who struggle or are in difficult places, we can, in faith, look towards a harvest, a harvest of salvation. Harvest of salvation, of souls in this place and of lives transformed. So the question today as we finish up is simply that. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Have you allowed your Heavenly Father to clothe you in salvation as just as a loving parent cares for their child? Have you felt the confidence of being draped, draped, in the robe of God's imputed righteousness for you. Not striving in your own strength, but relying wholly and solely on his goodness, on his righteousness in your life this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 